0: Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups.
1: Howdy, folks. It is Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst and Ben Berkeley, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. We've got three stories today. First up, if you blinked yesterday, you might have missed a glimpse of the fifth ever trillion dollar company. Rob's got the story on that. Next up, I'll be asking, what's up with Alexa? Yes, I'm talking both in terms of the baby name as well as the Amazon technology. And lastly, Ben's going to tell us a bit more on the backstory of a name you've been in. We'll be hearing about a lot more. at Sam Altman, who's just as prepared for OpenAI's moment as he is the apocalypse. All right, let's get to it. Rob, what are you looking at? Yesterday,
2: NVIDIA briefly joined the Trillion Dollar Club, which is a very, very exclusive club indeed. The company is only the fifth one to reach the milestone. Other than the big names that make it up right now, I think everybody would recognize. There's Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet. I think the only other company that is either there right now or has been there is Saudi Aramco, but... Since they're owned by the Saudi Arabian government, I'm not sure if we count them in this mix, but it's super exclusive company. I had heard of NVIDIA back in the day more associated with gaming. When people were talking about the metaverse and Who is going to benefit the most from that? I know a lot of people are talking about Roblox. A lot of people are talking about Meta, obviously. But then a lot of people are also talking about NVIDIA because I think their chips, they're called GPUs, graphic processing units, are super, super important to intensive gaming. But they're also hugely important to generative AI, especially platforms like OpenAI and Bard, which unless you've been living under a rock has obviously been blowing up over the last (laughs) few months and has really powered the stock. It's up over 115% year over year, which is just crazy, especially in a market where I think it's pretty hard to find performance like that.
1: Yeah. The first thing that I thought about when I was seeing this story and looking at the trillion dollar club of five companies was what is the acronym that we now have to use for this group? And the <laughs> only one I could come up with because Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet and, and NVIDIA is MAN. <laughs> <laughs> MAN. That's a lot of money. I like that. I think that actually works. Yeah, it works, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was talking to our old friend Trung Fan, former Hustle writer, who also writes a great newsletter himself. I was talking to him a couple of months ago, and we were talking about AI. He actually has an AI company called Barely. It's an app that he's been building with a co-founder, and so we were talking about generative AI and how it's been growing. And he actually told me Nvidia is going to be the big winner. He was like, "If you're looking for a generative AI stock play, it is Nvidia. Like that is literally." the one you got to get in on it obviously i didn't get in on it because i'm an idiot but were you guys on this at all did you see this coming i was so
3: not on it (laughs) i'm like still so far behind i'm learning about nvidia and what all the things they do you know someone who wasn't raised in tech you realize there are so many companies out there that are humongous that you're not thinking about every day right this is one of those for me
2: Chips just aren't like Amazon or Apple, where like they're consumer brands at this point. You're experiencing them like every day. You're either using their products or you're shopping there. Microsoft and Google are just crushing it in their own respective domains. But NVIDIA is one of those kind of like hidden gems. I
3: think the thing that's really struck me about this is just the sense of scale. I think that when you look at, say, market cap and you're looking at a company like ExxonMobil, which you would think, okay, I mean, they got to be at the top of the top, <laughs> they're at $420 billion. That's less than half of NVIDIA right now. Crazy. That's absurd. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's almost more absurd because you see the ExxonMobil logo at the corner of every block.
3: You don't see the NVIDIA logo. Not yet, Jacob. They're going to get that logo everywhere. <laughs> they got a lot to spend right now, so who knows what they could do.
2: If there is a down note to the story, it is that NVIDIA did come back under the trillion dollar line. So they are entering today mm. under the trillion dollar market cap line. Just judging by the popularity of generative AI, I don't really think they're going to have a problem breaking back through, but I guess we'll see.
1: All right. So have you guys seen, by any chance, the data on the number of babies in the United
3: States named Alexa? I haven't. Actually, yes. You have? Really? Really? Yeah, I got to do my homework. I'm reading about baby names every morning just for fun. All right. Well, for those who have not, it's one of my favorite charts
1: to look at. Basically, if you start back in the 70s, the name Alexa kind of steadily rose in popularity up until 2015 when it peaked as the 32nd most popular baby name in the country. Now, Amazon debuted their Alexa in November of 2014 kind of right as that peak was happening. And since that peak year, and since Alexa's release, in the following years, the name Alexa has plummeted in popularity to 536th place as of 2022. Wow. You know, correlation isn't causation, but this one to me seems pretty clear. (laughs) A hundred percent. Now, Anyway, I see this headline yesterday on The Verge that Amazon is discontinuing celebrity voice functionality on Alexa, which includes folks like Samuel L. Jackson, Shaq, and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, You can kind of have Alexa speak in their voice. Can't do everything in their voice, but it could do a bunch of fun, gimmicky stuff. Now, it's not clear exactly why... Amazon made this move. Maybe it's too expensive to sustain. Unlikely for Amazon, but who knows, they've recently been embracing cost-cutting efficiency of all kinds, so it's possible. Second option, maybe it's a sign of Amazon's Alexa blues. Last fall, a bunch of reports came out citing current and former employees about how almost a decade now after its launch, Alexa has failed To live up to the hype, it's burning through billions of dollars of annual operating losses. And thousands of employees in the Alexa unit have been laid off recently, too. Or maybe, as The Verge pointed out, for some reason, it doesn't fit into Amazon's future plans for Alexa. And so what are those future plans? Well, what else but AI? According to some internal documents obtained by Business Insider recently, Amazon plans to basically take the tech behind tools like ChatGPT, inject them into Alexa. Of course, this would all be connected to Amazon, the internet. That would mean turning Alexa into really more of a tool than a gimmick, which I think most people would argue is what it is today. Who knows? Maybe that means no more Sam Jackson for branding purposes, maybe for tech purposes. That is something I've been following and I'm very interested in.
2: I had an Amazon Alexa and I used it quite a bit at one point. And then we got really creeped out by like the whole report on always on listening and just thought that that was really weird. And and so we stopped using it like we use a Sonos now for like our kind of house speaker. Do you guys still use an Alexa or have you ever used an Echo or Alexa?
3: I do not. I mean, I'm someone who I don't have Siri turned on on my phone. Love it. There's something about these types of programs that just... I don't know if it's earned distrust so much as it's just, I just it was born with this level of distrust <laughs> in these types of programs.
1: Yeah, I think I've been in possession of these devices and I've never actually used them. And I think that's part of the point. They want people to actually start getting real utility out of these because people get them realize they can't actually do much other than ask the weather and they're a little creepy, but if it's right. really useful, they'll be used. So
3: who knows? If it's a day that ends in Y, there's a good chance today a day in which AI experts are out there urging caution about the threats posed by themselves, by their work, by their robot friends. We have a statement that came out yesterday. It was signed by this very impressive crew of 350 or so AI leaders. We're talking top execs like OpenAI's Sam Altman and the chief execs of Google's DeepMind and Anthropic, as well as top researchers and engineers. And this statement, which they released through the nonprofit Center for AI Safety, warned that AI could eventually pose an existential threat to humanity. Specifically, they said, quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. And that was it. That was their statement, just one sentence, and it was an impressive one because it felt so much scarier than if they had written an entire book about that. AI is on a threat level equal to nuclear war, and then they drop the mic, <laughs> and guys, can you please somehow make me feel better about this? Because that's quite a line.
1: Yeah, that's a, that hits. It's crazy how, you're totally right, if they released like a whole 10,000 word piece on what they were talking about, no one would read it. And this is a really good way to get their point across.
3: I mean, you know how in like every Star Wars movie, their characters kind of say, I have a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I feel like if life is Star Wars, then AI industry leaders... Are kind of our lead characters right now with their like foreboding sense of doom. Right. And I guess also with that, we can talk more about Sam Altman, who is kind of like AI's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He's a young upstart from humble beginnings. He's growing in power, trying his best to keep the dark side at bay. This is working, right? Yes, it's working. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> we'll drop the parallel there. I, I don't know if I can sustain it. <laughs> But Sam Altman, let's talk about him because he's increasingly one of those names that you hear all the time. And that's because the company that he co-founded and now leads, OpenAI, is rising in prominence. So his profile has risen as well among the titans of business. And so we thought, let's take a step back and ask, Who is this guy? Where did he come from? And how should we feel knowing that he may have the fate of humanity in his hands? And this is a guy who's previously copped being a doomsday prepper. Is that so? Oh, it's so. Just you (laughs) wait, Jacob. But let's just really quickly hit some key points if you want to learn about him and his pre-AI days. A couple of key points worth knowing. He's 38 years old. He lives in the Bay Area, and he really came on the startup scene in 2005. And that's when he dropped out of Stanford and founded a location sharing service called Looped. That eventually sold off for $43 million. In 2012, and then Altman went into venture capital. Looped was actually part of the first class of companies boosted by the now famous Silicon Valley accelerator, Y Combinator. While he was in that group, he so impressed the accelerator's founder, Paul Graham, that he was, at the age of 28, named Y Combinator's president. And so his career really took off. That's crazy impressive. Yeah. And he kind of, through this, became a kingmaker in Silicon Valley. Y Combinator has produced multiple billion-dollar companies. We're talking Airbnb and Coinbase, DoorDash and Instacart, Dropbox and Stripe, Twitch and Reddit. So he's had quite an upbringing in this world. And that's when OpenAI entered the picture. It was launched in 2015, and it's been his full-time focus since 2019. And to say things have gone well... Would be an understatement. <laughs> Obviously, ChatGPT is a household name. Dolly is one of the prominent generative AI image platforms on the market, and they are valued just under thirty billion dollars now, adding about ten billion dollars in valuation so far this year. Wow, we're not even halfway through this year yet. So really impressive climb. It makes sense why Altman's been such a prominent figure.
1: It has. I mean, he's young. It seems like almost everyone
3: you would ask on the street would have maybe only heard about him this year. Like you said, he's a long history. He's a little bit of everywhere. I mean, he's also investing wildly beyond AI as well. He's got a lot of biotech investments, supersonic jets sports card trading platform. He's in on Neuralink and nuclear fusion energy. So he's got a lot going on. I think his net worth today was estimated around $500 So he's not officially a tech billionaire yet. But as we talked about, he's definitely living that life. Yeah. He's also the founder of WorldCoin,
2: that crypto startup that scans your iris their vision is to be like this kind of universal crypto identifier that enables universal basic income, which he's like really into universal basic income, I think is an offshoot of generative AI taking people's jobs and leaving people unemployed. I just think anybody who has like all of these crazy master plans kind of lacks humility to a certain extent. And I don't know, for that reason, I'm out. Like <laughs> I, I don't trust this dude as far as you can throw him. Obviously what he's done is super impressive, but... I don't know anybody who thinks that they can kind of like rebuild the universe.
3: <laughs> I'm very interested in him because I think he's kind of leaning into this playbook of like quirky rich guy proclivities. Right. Like he's got all the fast card. I think he's owned two McLarens because of course he has. And he's going to Washington, D.C. now. You know, that's part of the playbook. Yeah. <laughs> He's also invested a ton of money into a lifespan extension startup called Retro Biosciences. And then we teased it out. We got to get here. He admitted that he is something of a doomsday prepper. He told The New Yorker a couple of years back that he has guns, gold, potassium iodide, antibiotics, batteries, water and gas mats. And he's got a jet ready to take him to a big property in Big Sur. And he's ready to ride out whatever he needs to ride out which, you know, I think if there's any way you want to show I'm here, I am someone in tech, you got to have some weird end times obsession. So he's in the club. Welcome, Sam Altman. Sounds like a busy guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know when he's sleeping, but I guess he's hoping to add 10 years to everyone's life. So I guess <laughs> he'll have some time for sleep later. bada
1: bing bada boom that's gonna do it for us today folks thanks for tuning in to the hustle daily show we're a proud part of the hubspot podcast network our editor today is robert Artwig, and our executive producer is darren clark we've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter which you can sign up for at the hustle.co slash email hope you have an awesome wednesday we'll
0: catch you tomorrow Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear... Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, creator science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist, and Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance burnout and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online it's a great hour of conversation with dr k where dr k really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout because you will and you can listen to creator science wherever you get your podcast and i definitely suggest it listen to creator science wherever you get your podcasts